Welcome to day seven of Dog Days. It's Saturday, August 7th, 2021. The topic today is primordial isotopes. I had planned to talk about carbon dating, but I came across an interesting Wikipedia page, so I'm going to talk about it instead. Here's the final data from this page. I'm going to state it first, and then I will explain what how to get there. First of all, there are 118 known elements right now. From these known elements, there are 338 isotopes found naturally on Earth now. So about an average of three isotopes per element. Of these 338, 286 are what are called primordial isotopes. Of those 286 primordial isotopes, 252 are stable and 34 are unstable or radioactive. What does all this mean? I'll get to it, but first I want to clarify something. You can think of neutrons as particles that help stabilize the nucleus, helping to offset the electrical repulsion between protons. There's an optimum ratio of neutrons to protons to do this. I told you that a rough guide is that the number of neutrons is usually similar to the number of protons. But in fact, the heavier the element is, the more neutrons per proton you actually need. So for example, for oxygen, the most common isotope is oxygen-16. That has eight protons and eight neutrons, the one-to-one ratio. But for gold, which is a heavy element that has 79 protons, its most common isotope has 118 neutrons. Gold has only one isotope naturally occurring. So you can see that ratio of neutrons to protons does increase for the heavier elements. Okay, all elements up to 82, meaning 82 protons in their nucleus, and 82 is lead. So all elements up to lead have at least one stable isotope except for technetium and promethium. Technetium has 43 protons, promethium 61. But all other elements up to element 82, lead, do will have at least one stable isotope. No, I don't know what the deal is with those two exceptions. All the elements with more than 82 protons only have unstable or radioactive isotopes. No elements uh, that have been undiscovered that eventually may be discovered are expected to be stable. Therefore, lead is the heaviest element with with a stable isotope. Regarding stability, according to physicists doing calculations on all the elements and their known isotopes, only 90 isotopes are expected to be perfectly stable. An additional 162 are technically unstable. They're energetically unstable, but they have never been observed to decay. In other words, these 162 are functionally stable, even if not truly so. Their half-lives are so long, they might as well be stable. So, 252 isotopes, the 90 truly stable ones and the 162 not truly unstable, but they might as well be. 252 isotopes are put in the stable category. 252 stable isotopes. All of these isotopes have likely been on Earth since it's formed. Thus, they are the stable primordial isotopes. 
There are about 30 other isotopes that naturally occur that have half-lives longer than the age of the solar system, which is about 10 to the ninth years. An additional four have half-lives longer than 100 million years, which is less than the age of the solar system, but long enough that they've survived since the beginning of it. These 34 radioactive and naturally occurring isotopes comprise the radioactive primordial isotopes. Thus, the total number of primordial isotopes here on Earth is the 252 stable ones and the 34 radioactive ones for a total of 286 primordial isotopes. In other words, when the Earth was formed, there were likely 286 isotopes bouncing around, 252 stable ones, 34 radioactive ones. However, Right now on Earth, there are about 338 isotopes, not just 286, but 338. These comprise the 286 primordial isotopes, but also about 52 short-lived isotopes that are daughters of the primordial isotopes. Daughters are elements formed from radioactive decay of heavier elements. Or... They are made by energetic natural processes, such as carbon-14, which is made from atmospheric nitrogen by bombardment with cosmic rays. We'll get to that later. And yes, daughters is the actual term used by nuclear chemists. Finally, a few little tidbits. Tin has the most stable isotopes. It has 10 of them. After that is xenon with seven. Speaking, secondly, speaking of xenon, in April 2019, it was announced that the half-life of xenon-124 had been measured at 1.8 times 10 to the 22nd years. It's the longest half-life directly measured for any unstable isotope, any radioactive isotope. Again, for all practical purposes, xenon-124 can be considered stable. I said that lead was the heaviest element, element with a stable isotope. Actually, the next element on the periodic table is bismuth. It used to hold that distinction. They used to think bismuth had uh, the heaviest stable isotope. But in 2003, researchers in France measured the half-life of bis bismuth 209 to be 1.9 times 10 to the 19th years. Therefore, element 83 which is one more than lead, which is 82, element 83 bismuth is radioactive for all of its isotopes. <clears throat> Almost all of bismuth is this bismuth 209. So this brings up a point I alluded, alluded to the other day and just kind of a moment ago. While we can define an isotope as either stable or unstable, there really is sort of a continuum. I mean, a half-life of 10 to the 19th years seems pretty freaking stable to me. But I guess officially it's not. But it will be put in the stable category, as I said before. It will eventually decay in about a zillion years. Actually, 10 to the 19th is 10 quintillion years, I think. With a half-life that long, it might as well be considered to be stable and therefore safe. That is why bismuth is in Pepto-Bismol. It's safe. Potassium-40... On the other hand, which makes up 0.012% of all potassium, has a half-life of 10 to the 9th years, making bananas more dangerous than Pepto-Bismol. Kind of kidding there. So keep in mind that radioactive doesn't mean it's 
has to be dangerous. It comes down to the length of the half-life and the type of decay it undergoes. This also shows that data is still being gathered and is changing as scientists learn more. Tidbit number four, I thought personally that, that no natural technetium existed, but tiny amounts do, again, from the decay of other elements. Technetium is super important, and hopefully I'll cover why later. And finally, another little tidbit, elemental isotopes with odd numbers of protons are generally less stable than those with even numbers of protons. Protons are a little bit more stable if they can pair up. Thus, if you have an odd number of protons, one proton will be unpaired. So, general rule of thumb, if you have an even number of protons, you'd likely be more stable than if you have an odd number of protons. Okay, that's it for today. Tomorrow, I think I'll be talking about carbon dating. Bye-bye.